Listening to WETF, the jazz station in South Bend, Indiana. Thank you very much for joining us today. My name is John Clark. This is the Jazz Focus, and today we're going to be listening to trad jazz, British trad as it was known, uh, kind of a renaissance of Dixieland, New Orleans style jazz that occurred in the United Kingdom in the late 1950s and really lasted up until, well, the 1980s, you could say. You could say it's still going on, I suppose. But there were several very well-known bands uh, in the early 60s. We're going to be featuring one in particular, and that is the band that was led by Kenny Ball. Kenny Ball and his jazz men. Kenny Ball was a uh, trumpet player, was born in England in 1930, had a very long life. He lived to 2013, played right up until practically the week before his death. Uh, he led uh, one of the most influential groups uh, during this British trad period. He had started out kind of a late bloomer on trumpet. I don't think he really started playing until he was out of school, uh, but he learned the early jazz style. He was a devotee of Louis Armstrong and had a lot of that sound and swagger to his playing, a lot of drama to his playing as well. And he played as a sideman with several different bands, Patty Lightfoot and Digby Fairweather and some of the uh, better-known groups of the late 1950s before putting his own jazz men together in about 1961. And that group stayed together pretty much without a break until he died in 2013. And in the early 60s particularly, it had some very popular recordings. And generally, they recorded on the Pie label, P-Y-E. And those were uh, singles that came out uh, that charted. And occasionally, they were in competition with the Beatles, believe it or not. Uh, and after a certain amount of time, the singles would be collected onto LPs, which were released under the Cap label, K-A-P-P, uh, a relative of the, the Decca label run by Jack cap in America. So we started out with what arguably, I guess, was one of uh, the band's most familiar songs, became kind of their theme song. It's usually credited as a traditional tune called Midnight in Moscow, which was arranged by Kenny Ball, had that nice tight harmony at the beginning and sort of a, a, a mid-level groove that uh, really uh, signified uh, that this band was doing something a little bit different. And as we'll hear today, uh, the repertoire that this band explored was well beyond that of a standard traditional or Dixieland jazz band. They used movie music, television music, original music, sometimes folk music, and other things as well. Nothing was off limits for this band. Uh, but they all uh, sounded like Kenny Ball and his jazz men. These, uh, there was a very uh, consistent approach to the music that they created. 
So after uh, Midnight in Moscow, we heard a traditional spiritual called I Shall Not Be Moved with a vocal by the guitar and banjo player Patty Lightfoot. And he was a big part of the early success of this band. And he remained with Kenny Ball for most of the 1960s before moving on. The band had a pretty punishing schedule. Uh, they were so popular. Uh, however, they did keep a pretty stable personnel. And the group that we heard... Uh, was basically the same, is basically going to be the same for the whole show. Kenny Ball, of course, on trumpet, he will be singing quite a bit as time goes on. John Bennett on trombone, Dave Jones on clarinet, Ron Weatherburn on piano, uh, Patty Lightfoot, as I mentioned, on banjo and vocals, he also played some guitar, Vic Pitt on bass, and Ron Bowden on drums. It's interesting that this style used bass and occasionally guitar rather than tuba and exclusively banjo. The British trad style was much more beholden to the very early New Orleans style, which used bass and guitar. Uh, it was really in the 1920s that the banjo and the tuba took prominence. So those are our tunes for our beginning set, and we're going to move on right now um, to a series of other recordings. These were all recorded, uh, as I said, in London for Pi in 1961, 2, 3, thereabouts. Uh, Midnight in Moscow uh, was from September of 1961. I Shall Not Be Moved was actually from a later period, from early 1963. And now we're going to go to a couple of other pop tunes and originals, or seemingly originals as well. We're going to hear I Want a Little Girl Just Like the Little Girl That Married Dear Old Dad. I'm mouthful there, but uh, an excellent tune nonetheless. And this is from July of 1963. Uh, these were a series of singles that came out on a cap LP. Uh, then we're going to hear uh, what I thought was original, an original by the band, but was actually credited to Thomas Burkett, a tune called Hazelmere, an interesting tune uh, that will feature all hands. Then we're going to hear a tune credited to Sidney Boucher called The Payoff. has a kind of an unusual 3-4 opening in minor and then goes into a swingy part as well. Then on to a Duke Ellington tune from uh, his Victor period, early, very early 1930s, called The Saturday Night Function, a good bluesy tune. Then we're going to finish up with a Jelly Roll Morton tune called The Steamboat Stomp, showing that this band could uh, uh, deal with up-tempos uh, quite well. So that'll be our next set. Again, all for Pi Records from the early 1960s. I Want a Girl Just Like the Girl That Married Dear Old Dad by Dylan and Van Tilzer, Hazelmere, Payoff, Saturday Night Function, and Steamboat Stop. So true, one who loved nobody 
only gal, my daddy, my daddy ever had. She was a real old-fashioned girl with eyes so true, one who loved nobody else but you. I want a girl that's just, just like a gal, that married dear old
was a good cross-section of some of Kenny Ball's repertoire from the early 1960s. We started out with a, a, a good old good one from the 1910s, I believe, by Harry Von Tilzer. I want a girl just like the girl that married dear old dad. I believe that was originally a waltz, but here taken very up-tempo with a good vocal by Kenny Ball. Then we heard that tune, Hazelmere, which refers to a, uh, a mythical creation or character, I guess, uh, from Australia, a gnome. Uh, I didn't find any other recordings. I was wondering if this was done by some of the Australian jazz bands and taken over by Kenny Ball, but uh, I did not find any evidence of that. I believe he had the first recording of this. And uh, these arrangements that we're hearing were all done, I think, collectively by the band more than anything else. And then we heard that unusual tune, apparently by Sidney Bechet, The Payoff. I guess Bechet recorded it when he was in France in the 1950s. This was one of many compositions he did over there. Uh, this had some kind of uh, almost klezmer influence at the beginning, that very minor 3-4 uh, section that went into a stomp right after that. Kind of unusual. Almost had a 1960s feel to it more than a 1950s one. Then we heard that slow blues, very emotional blues, Saturday Night Function by Duke Ellington, uh, and that featured uh, some excellent clarinet by uh, Dave Jones and trombone by John Bennett, both longtime members of the band. In fact, John Bennett stayed with uh, Kenny Ball for much of the of the band's career, um, really up until, I think, up until pretty much he passed away, or Kenny Ball passed away. Uh, he and John Bennett both uh, died not too long apart. I think John Bennett lived till about 2017. Kenny Ball died in 2013. Dave Jones stayed with the band uh, for the 60s. Uh, by the late 60s, he was replaced by Andy Cooper, who was another very long-term associate of uh, the Kenny Ball Band. Then we finished up with the Steamboat Stomp, the Jelly Roll Morton tune that shows that this band could do some very intricate arrangements. In some ways, I think the American counterpart of this group is the Jim Cullum Band from, the, uh, from Texas, who also did some very elaborate, flashy arrangements of early jazz tunes. And this also featured the piano of Ron Weatherburn, who was with the band up until the late 60s and was replaced by Johnny Parker, who, again, stayed with the Kenny Ball Band for decades following that. But Ron Weatherburn was a very good stride and ragtime player, and we're going to hear him featured uh, a bit on the next couple of sets. So from that point, and again, I'm not going to give exact dates because I don't really have exact dates on many of these. These were recorded for the singles market and uh, on Pi Records and mostly done in 1962, 3, 4, thereabouts. The next tune is a nod to the folk music revival. Of course, the uh, in America, some of the trad bands were exploring folk music, the Washington Squares and so forth. This is a tune called The Green Leaves of Summer, which was recorded by the Brothers Four, here in a nice arrangement by Kenny Ball. Very unusual tune with a lot of chromatic shifts going on in there, so this band could handle some pretty uh, advanced sounding material. This was uh, a band, I believe they had everything memorized. I don't think they ever used music on stage, but they played so much together that they created some of these really amazingly complex arrangements, uh, head arrangements really, night after night. Then we're going to hear the Kid Ori tune, the Savoy Blues, which goes back to some of the earliest recordings of Louis Armstrong's Hot Five, again featuring John Bennett. Then a feature for the leader, Kenny Ball, doing an excellent uh, version of Louis' Cornet Chop Suey, another early Hot Five tune. Then a pop tune from the 1960s. From the show and the movie The King and I, we're going to hear the March of the Siamese Children, kind of a, a, a funky little tune featuring some odd uh, voicings, but very compelling. This was, I think, a minor hit for the band as well. 
Then after that, a, an English music hall tune called My Old Man Said Follow the Van, with some specifically English references in here, another Kenny Ball vocal. So that's our set coming up. Green Leaves of Summer, Savoy Blues, uh, Cornet Chop Suey, The March of the Siamese Children, and My Old Man Said Follow the Van. <laughs>
Interesting uh, last tune. My old man said, "Follow the van." From about 1919, a British music hall tune was made famous, such as it was, by Marie Lloyd. And some interesting Cockney expressions in there. I had to look up. The original title was "Don't Dilly Dally," and uh, about a, a family being dispossessed and, and basically fleeing ahead of the sheriff. Uh, so, kind of an interesting story there, and a good hot performance by Kenny Ball and his jazz men. So we started out that set with the Green Leaves of Summer, a theatrical tune from a very different generation from the 1960s, a a contemporary pop tune. Then we went on to the Savoy Blues and Cornet Chop Suey, two tunes um, recorded by the first version of the Louis Armstrong Hot Five in 1925-26. Savoy Blues was recorded, or rather, composed by Kid Ori, so suitably a big trombone feature for John Bennett on there. And Cornet Chop Suey had uh, the leader taking pride of place with the cornet solo, uh, composed by Louis and Lil Armstrong. Then we had that sort of unusual version or unusual take on a pop tune from The King and I, The March of the Siamese Children, and uh, interesting version and, and showing the the breadth of material that the Kenny Ball Band uh, was doing at the time. Kind of an interesting uh, little sidelight to their repertoire, and as I said, I believe that was a sort of a minor hit for them as well. Let me tell you the personnel of this group. As I said, this is all uh, pretty consistent. From 1962 to 1964 or five or so, we have Kenny Ball on and vocals, John Bennett on trombone, Dave Jones, a very underrated clarinet player, uh, doing some excellent work, Ron Weatherburn on piano, Patty Lightfoot on banjo and vocals, Vic Pitt on bass, and Ron Bowden on drums. And Bennett and Bowden stayed with Kenny Ball up into the 2000s, I think. Bowden and uh, Kenny Ball had a 
uh, acrimonious uh, parting at some point in there. Uh, but John Bennett stayed uh, in the front line for 40, close to 50 years, which is a bit of a record. So I hope you've enjoyed this show. Uh, we are listening here to the music of Kenny Ball and his jazz men on the Jazz Focus. My name is John Clark, and we are together on WETF, the jazz station in South Bend, Indiana. I encourage you to listen to my podcast, also called the Jazz Focus. These shows migrate over there after a while and uh, uh, have lots of others besides. The uh, relative brevity of these tunes we're listening to today, again, they were all sort of marketed as singles, uh, maybe jukebox uh, fare as well, uh, allows us to hear three tunes at the end. We usually only do two, but here comes three. We're going to start out with the Irving Berlin tune, Putting on the Ritz, which even in the 1960s was kind of a, a cult favorite. Of course, in the 1970s, or, uh, it became even better known from the movie Young Frankenstein by Mel Brooks. But uh, here, uh, we have a good jazz version of that. And then we're going to follow up with a piano feature for Ron Weatherburn called The Temptation Rag by Lodge and Weslin. This is a, a tune that was recorded by a number of jazz bands in the 1920s and 30s and into the trad era as well. And then we're going to finish up with another one of uh, Kenny Ball's hits from the Pie Record Collection. This is the, uh, or their own arrangement of the uh, March, American Patrol by F.W. Meacham, and uh, preserves a lot of the March qualities and the multi-strain uh, format that was common to many New Orleans tunes as well, but here done in a very intricate form and very well played by the whole band, Kenny Ball and his jazz man. So thank you, and I hope you enjoyed this program, and tune in again next week. <laughs>